Man, I hate waiting. How many like to wait? I hate to wait. We live in an instant gratification society, and I think I'm the king of the instant gratification desire guy. I just don't like to wait. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm a fast-paced guy. My mind goes 150,000 miles a minute, and I get ideas, I get thoughts, I get desires, I get dreams, and I want to see those things come to pass immediately, and I, and I don't like to wait. Today on the Life Builders Club, we're going to talk about waiting. Nobody likes to wait, but everybody has to wait. This morning, the first thing that happened, I had to wait for my coffee maker to finish making coffee. And it felt like an eternity. It felt like torture. I was watching that coffee and smelling that coffee and just thinking, I want a taste of that coffee and I want it now. And I had to wait five minutes for it to brew. I will say that the wait was worth it. That very first sip of coffee is amazing. And sometimes I wonder if maybe the first sip of coffee is so amazing because I had to wait for it. And then finally, when I did take the sip, it's like a hallelujah moment. But everybody waits. Nobody likes to wait. So today, we're going to talk about waiting. So all of us have to wait for something in life. Usually every day we wait. If you live in a household with one bathroom and many people, you might have to wait to use the bathroom. And that feels like torture. Pounding on the outside door. Hurry up. Hurry up. Let me in. I've got to go. I'm going to have an accident. you got to let me go. Get me in there. And the person inside is like, will you stop? Will you wait? I'm busy. <laughs> I know that might be gross. Maybe this is a little too much for some, but isn't it a reality? Sometimes we have to wait for things. Sometimes others want us to wait. Uh, maybe it's for your work shift. Sometimes I get to work and I get there too early and I'm standing outside the door just waiting for somebody to come, knocking on the door, texting the boss. Hey, can you come? Let me in. Get me into the place. I, I don't want to be out here. I want to be in there. And we wait. When we're on our work schedules or school schedules and we look and we think, okay, lunch is coming. Doesn't it seem like when your lunch break is coming an hour from now, it feels like a year from now? And every second feels like an eternity. Maybe we're waiting for a friend's call all day long to see if we're going to go out to that party tonight or waiting for that job offer and for the people to call us back to tell us whether we're going to go to the next step or not. We wait, we wait, we wait. So I think of some things about waiting and this. With waiting, it kind of reveals in us whether we're patient people or not whether we're anxious people or not, whether we're people who trust the process or not. I, I'm not judging here. I could tell you that. I'm just talking from personal experience. For me, waiting usually reveals in me an anxiety or an impatience more than a good state of mind. Waiting can kind of reveal our inner condition and it can tell us what's really important to us. It could also reveal, and I think this is a big point, when we wait and how we wait is vitally important. We will wait, that's for sure, but how we wait makes all the difference in the world. Do we wait with whining or do we wait with an attitude of winning? <laughs> yeah, do we wait with whining or do we wait with an attitude of winning? When we wait, I think it's important for us to be able to slow down, to take it in, and to ask ourselves some questions. How am I feeling in this waiting? 
Am I whining? Am I complaining? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I irritable? Am I impatient? Waiting actually reveals the inner conditions of our minds and of our hearts and of our thoughts and maybe even of our lives. So yeah, we have to wait. But how we wait is really important. You know, sometimes waiting is, is, is very difficult. Um, I remember one of the hardest waiting periods I've ever had in my life was when my grandmother was in the hospital and was actually, we were just waiting to see when she would pass away and move on to the other side. And I actually had to fly out from Michigan to Boston to be with family and waiting for that airplane felt like it took forever. And then waiting for my dad to come pick me up and take me to the hospital. That was, that was just torturous. Then when I got to the hospital, we spent, I think, seven days in a waiting room. Seven days in an environment that was uncomfortable, that was sterile, that was full of people coming and going, many people in different stages of grief and concern. I remember waiting with the family and some of the family members I hadn't seen in years. And so that waiting room was an interesting place. In that waiting room, there was maybe a sense of fear. When is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? How will I be able to handle it when it happens? What will we do next? There was a sense of apprehension. Is there something that we can do? Is there some way that we can help her? A lot of questions in the waiting room. But there are also some things in the waiting room that I remember to this day as memories that really kind of almost changed my life, my perspectives, and my thoughts. I had some conversations in that waiting room with people about theology, about life, about the future. I had moments in that waiting room where I was bored out of my mind and just had to sit silently. In all of those moments, although unpreferred, uh, not wanted, kind of forced, they all produced something inside of me that day and that week. So sometimes in the waiting room, that is where we have the changes of our lives that prepare us for the next place. I find it interesting theologically, my grandmother was in a waiting room at that time. She was kind of half here and half there and sedated and her family members were coming and going and doctors were coming and going, but inside she was struggling as well. Is she staying? Is she going? And ultimately the wait for her was when would she pass on and go see Jesus? That waiting room was uncomfortable for her as well. But it was a time of preparation, and it was a time for her to be prepared to go and see her maker and to see her God. It was a time for us to be able to release. So a very tough time, but also a time of healing in the family. It was a time of restoration. It was a time of exploration, and it was a time also for us to just be together. So I think that waiting period, although uncomfortable, had great value, and God knows what he's doing. 
So for us, sometimes we are waiting, and in the waiting time, we feel uncertain. We fear fear. We may feel isolated. We may feel just totally terrified. We may feel so anxious because we know what we want, but we can't get what we want because circumstances haven't worked out yet. Or maybe the other people that we're waiting on or the corporation we're looking for that job for or the school hasn't called back with approval that you're accepted or whatever it may be. And that leaves us in a place of isolation, maybe a place of inner loneliness, a place of fear. I just want to encourage you, life builders, when you're in the waiting room, try not to be whiners, but get a mindset of a winner. I've whined so many times when I was in the waiting room. Many times in the waiting room of life, we get to complaining. We get to telling everybody about it, and we start to mm, talk with doubt, talk with fear. I want to encourage you that instead of doing that, maybe we can use the waiting room as God's timing to slow us down, to get our attention, to bring us to faith in a deeper level of faith than maybe we've ever known before, and to prepare us for a change. When I was younger, uh, I was a pastor for many, many years. And I was a youth pastor when I first came out of Bible school. Loved youth ministry, had great success, and enjoyed the children and the kids and loved the things that we were doing. But I also, after a few years in, started to have this dream of becoming a church planter. So in that dream, I started to study and I started to pray and dream and think about what God could do and what I could do. And So in that process, I thought, wow, I have this dream, passion, and vision. Maybe I could go plant a church and do that in a year. Well, who would have thought that that actually would have taken almost six years before I finally had the chance to plant a church? What was interesting in that waiting room time was it was hard to just embrace the current season because I was constantly thinking of the next season. And the truth is, I wasn't ready for the next season. Even six years later, the door opened and I was able to plant that church. But when I got there, I realized how unprepared I was emotionally and unprepared I was mentally. And that was quite the hard season. In fact, after waiting six years to plant a church, once I planted the church, I found myself in a deeper waiting period. Now I was waiting on God to help me pay the bills waiting on God to help me grow the church, waiting on God to open up the right doors. And that waiting period seemed even harder than the first waiting period because I wasn't sure that I had really embraced what I needed to in the first season. So sometimes we hear the dreams and the visions and passions of God and we have these dreams and visions in our lives and in our minds and we desire them and we run after them. But then we end up in a waiting zone. So I think for me, every time I get a dream, vision, and passion, I want to run after it. I want to research it. I want to make some phone calls. I want to get some network connections together, put together a plan, and then go. But sometimes waiting is the best thing that can happen. God forces us to go into wait times. Life forces us to go into wait times. And I I guess I would say to you that waiting times maybe even more important than running times. 
In the Bible, there's this guy named Joseph. When he was young, he had a dream from God, a literal dream, a vision from God that he would one day become a great leader. He would be a leader of nations and kings, but he'd also be a leader of his family. And back then, young Joseph saw this dream and vision, and he literally ran out to his family and started to tell his brothers and his mom and his dad this big dream that he had, and they didn't receive it well. He was passionate. He was fired up. He wanted everybody to know his dream, and I think he thought, wow, I'm going to get this dream young in life. This is going to happen. This was clear. This was real. I saw this vision. I saw this dream, and I need everybody to know about it because I'm going to do this. And actually, it seems like in retrospect, he might have had some pride and he definitely wasn't ready for that responsibility. So when he told everybody that dream, they resisted him and then they rejected him and then they basically threw him out of town. If we don't take the time to process what God is doing in our lives, to think about the dreams and the visions to wait on the Lord, then we'll run too fast. We won't have the right mindset. And many times we'll end up in a pit. So in Joseph's life, his dream became a kind of temporary nightmare in his own mind and heart. He ended up in the waiting room for years and years and years. His brothers threw him in a pit and they intended to kill him. But God interceded and they decided not to kill him. So they sold him into slavery. And then in slavery, he's being abused and he's going through all the things that you would go through. And he gets falsely accused and then thrown in prison. So every time he's in the waiting, he's miserable. But I think that every time he's in the waiting, he's calling out to God. How long, God? When will you get me out of this? When will the dream come to pass? How long do I have to wait? Why is it getting so bad? Isn't it interesting that many times the things we want to do, there's this incubation period of waiting that seems miserable, that seems like everything is impossible, that seems like I, I want to go this direction, but now I have to sit here in park. Why God? Why do I have to wait? Why do I have to wait for a healing? Why do I have to wait for a connection? Why do I have to wait for this job? Why do I have to wait when you told me that I was going to get to go? So waiting can be miserable if we allow it to be miserable or waiting can actually help us prepare us and cause us to go closer to God, to learn more about ourselves, to learn more about what the future may be, and also to strengthen us for the time that the dream does come to pass. I wish in my life that I had embraced the times of waiting and not been so anxious. Maybe embrace the times of seeking God to see what he wanted to do, to find out all the things in my heart and mind that were impatient and work on those things. So I think that waiting can be more like waiting for a train instead of waiting in a hospital room. When we wait in a hospital room, as I told you, there's times of loneliness and isolation and fear and uncertainty and doubt and grief. But when I was a kid, I actually lived in Boston and I remember waiting for trains a lot. 
I used to take the trains and the buses everywhere. And also that was frustrating because you want to get to your destination. I wanted to get where I was going. Um, but in waiting for a train, uh, you sit on a platform or you stand and you know that the train is going to come. So waiting on a train is waiting in solid faith. It's different than waiting in a hospital room where you don't know what's going to happen. Waiting for a train is, I know what's going to happen. So you use the time to read a book, use the time to listen to a podcast, use the time to just sit quietly and take in the sights and the sounds of the train station, use the time to observe the people around I remember in Boston, they'd have street performers in the train station, and you could hear maybe a homeless guy over here talking to himself and a couple over here making out, and you could see um, young people laughing, and you could kind of take in the sounds of life while you wait for the next place. So in a train station, you can think, observe, create. I remember I used to pull out a notebook and write down my thoughts and ideas while waiting at the train station. Sometimes you can meet new people in the waiting zone. So I would talk to somebody, hear a story, listen and laugh a little bit, and then get on the train when it comes. But here's the thing. When you wait in a train station, you know that it's going to come and you wait in faith. The cool thing about the train station is it has an appointed time. The train is going to come at an appointed time, and you can pretty much bet that it's going to happen within a minute or two of that appointed time. I want to encourage you this. Psalms 27, 14 says, David waited patiently for the Lord. And it says to be brave and courageous. Wait confidently, wait expectantly, and use the time to pray, to plan, and to be at peace. Let me say that again. Use the waiting time to pray, to plan, and to be at peace. I think sometimes the waiting zone is a place to breathe, to catch your breath, to slow down. For me, I went through a divorce, I went through a job loss, I went through some significant things in my life that forced me into a waiting room that I did not want to be in. But in that waiting room, I remember crying out to God, God, how long is this going to last? This is miserable. This is terrible. I can't stand this. I hate this. God, this is so lonely, so sad. Help me, God. Get me out of this. Put me back into a place of action. Put me back into a place of value. Put me somewhere, God, anywhere but this waiting zone. He left me there for a while. But it was in that place that I learned to relax It was in that place that I learned to trust. It was in that place that God revealed in me weaknesses, insecurities. It was in that place that he healed me of lifelong anxiety. It was in that place that he brought people into my life to speak into my life and encourage me. I want to encourage you today, Life Builders. There is a time to wait. And in the time to wait is a time to heal. It's a time to feel. It's a time to rest. A time to just be. I want to encourage you, let God work on you as you wait on him. Let him deal with your impatiences. Let us 
together choose today to wait on the Lord so that in the process he can change us. In the process, we can seek him and find him when we seek him with all of our hearts, minus the distractions of our lives. In the waiting room is where we learn that he does protect us. And it's also in the waiting room that many times he will redirect us and set us up for the dream. So to end this today, Joseph had many times of wait. And in the end, he did end up being a leader of a nation and his family. And everything that God had given him in that dream as a child did come to pass. He just had to go through many waiting rooms to get there. And in the process, he was strengthened. He was uh, grown up and he was now matured in his faith and ready to do the dream. Sometimes God in his sovereignty makes us wait because we're not ready and he wants us to be mature educated and ready for the tasks. So I think of my driving uh, experience to end this. When I was eight years old, I wanted to drive bad. I wanted a car. I wanted to drive. I was eight. Come on. All of us want to drive a fire truck or a sports car or whatever when we're young. And I would go to my dad and say, dad, I want to drive. I want to drive the car. And my dad would say, no, son, you're not ready. You can't drive the car yet. You're not old enough. And I hated that. I used to think this stinks. Why do I have to wait? I have the passion. I have the desire. I should be able to drive. And obviously my dad was right. He knew that I was not ready. He knew that if I had gotten in that car without the proper education, without the proper maturity, that I would have gotten the car and died or killed somebody else. So I had to wait for the proper time, the time when the authorities felt that I was ready, the time when the government felt I was ready, the time when my dad felt I was ready. I hated that wait, but obviously there's wisdom in the wait. So the Bible says this, those who hope in the Lord or wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary and they'll walk and not grow faint. Take the time of waiting to renew your strength, to seek the Lord, to find the strength to fly like an eagle, to be able to learn how to run and not just get exhausted and pass out cold from all the frantic activities of life, to learn how to walk and then to gain courage and not be faint of heart. In retrospect, I thank God for the times of waiting, although I still don't like them. Even now, I feel like I'm somewhat in a time of waiting, and maybe you do as well. So in this time of waiting, I encourage you, wait on the Lord. Take the time to breathe. Take the time to pray. Take the time to do some maybe some hobbies, just some things that are not scatterbrained thinking, but take a walk in the woods. Go down to the beach if you have a beach. Laugh at a comedy video. Do something outside of panic, fear, anxiety. Just relax. Pray. Seek God. Enjoy life. And then take a moment to take in what God might be trying to teach. Let me say that again. Take a moment to take in what God might be trying to teach. Maybe he wants to redirect. I know for me, he he redirected me. He took me from a place of one direction, constantly going, 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 to a place of kind of peace and rest and trust 
and also a new direction in life. And it's actually better than it was before. So to end this today, I encourage you to wait on the Lord, to embrace the process of the waiting room, to trust God and wait for him, not like a hospital room in fear and trepidation, anxiety and uncertainty, but to wait on him like you're in a train station. Close your eyes and listen to the sounds around you. Open your eyes and look at the things that are going on. Stand on the platform. Don't leave the train station and wait. And then if you listen very carefully, you can always hear the train way off in the distance before it arrives. You can always hear it and it gives you that hope. You hear the the, the rumbling of the tracks and you hear the sound. And all of a sudden when that train comes, it comes in like uh, it's fast. And all of a sudden it comes in and you feel the wind whip your hair and you feel the rumbling on the platform and that train comes flying in and then it stops and it says get on and you get on that train and then you start cooking to your next destination so don't resist the waiting room embrace the waiting room and then wait patiently for that train to arrive because God knows what he's doing he will arrive at the right time at the right platform to take you to the right destination I love you guys I hope you have a great Um, day today and that you'll trust the process. Also, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Share this podcast with those who need it. And also give your feedback to me. It's very helpful for me to know what you need and how I can serve you better. Uh, Love you guys. Reach out to me if you need some help. Thanks again for listening to Life Builders. I'm Jay Julian. God bless you. Mm -hmm.